Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's Accelerate Your Performance podcast. I'm your host, Janet Pilcher. Thanks for having a desire to be your best at work and help your organization achieve success. This podcast is all about actions we can take to improve workplace culture and achieve results. And they are all aligned to our nine principles for organizational excellence. Joining us today is Dr. Tim Dilg, Superintendent of Valley Park School District in Missouri. Tim has a great leadership style and approach with people. He's an expert in the use of instructional technology and is highly committed to improvement work and his team. He has spent over 15 years as a classroom teacher, high school principal, and assistant superintendent. Tim has a proven track record of success in raising student achievement and improving school performance, creating a positive student-centered learning environment where students and faculty learn together. I think you're going to see that in Tim today. So it's my pleasure today uh, to welcome Tim to our show. You heard a little bit about him, and I'm just so excited, Tim, that you're here with us today, and I I just welcome you um, to our show and to engage with our listeners. Welcome, Tim. Well, Janet, thank you. It's really my honor. I've been listening to the podcast for several months now and have learned so much from you and Pat Greco and Joanne Sternkey and Quint Studer. Uh, It's quite a humbling experience to even be invited on, so thank you for having me. You're welcome. You know, let's start with this, Tim. <laughs> you know, gosh, you've been, uh, you became the superintendent of Valley Park School District a year ago this July. Can you share with us what it was like to experience a pandemic of this size during your first year as superintendent? And I know you probably felt like you drew, drew the short straw on that one, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I have learned to stop saying Well, it can't get any more difficult than this. I stopped saying that about April or May. Uh, To be honest with you, it's obviously like nothing I could have ever imagined. It's equal parts rewarding, frustrating, exhilarating, and draining all at the same time. Um, I know it stretched me to the very edge of my skill set, both intellectually, emotionally, and strategically. I, I think the rewarding parts for me have been watching the members of our faculty and staff really step up to support the whole child during the initial school closure period. Everything from counseling services to meal service, technology support, and obviously the magical and memorable instructional moments I was able to see. It was remarkable how strong and resilient our community was. And I was so proud of how we came together to overcome the initial challenges of COVID-19 in the spring. And it just filled my heart to know that I was a small part of the community's success. Yeah, and I know, Tim, you know, as I've been talking with leaders, you know, superintendents, I work as, you know, with some higher education institutions and talking to presidents, you know, it's, it's um, this, as we're going into this year, it's even the difficulty is when we had an opportunity to change or we had, we had to change, we were all making that change uh, in a particular way that people didn't have expectations, right? Yeah. You know, now I think, I don't know if you feel it, but I know the people I'm working with, I mean, do that now there are expectations. Do you feel that, Tim? You know, that's different than that change we're making in March. Yeah, very much so. And, you know, as a first year superintendent, it's been difficult on me both personally and professionally. I know I've spent many days and way too many sleepless nights agonizing on how to best care for my entire community, that's students, staff, and stakeholders. And I frequently find myself looking and hoping for easy decisions, uh, only to find myself resigned to the fact that they don't exist in the environment we currently live in. And I know for me personally, I entered education 
and educational leadership to do the most amount of good for the most amount of people. And too often, I just feel like I'm not succeeding. Um, and so for someone who really strives to be helpful and thoughtful of others' needs, I know really every day since March 13th, I found myself frustrated by my inability to do more for our school district. Yeah. I mean, I just know as a leader, it's very difficult for me to be vulnerable and not have the answers because ultimately I want to be a problem solver. I want to meet and exceed those expectations that I think are more and more on us since we first left school in the spring. And most importantly, I just want to be the highest level of support for as many people as I can. And so I, I think as a leader, that's where the uh, frustration comes in. Yeah. And just listening to you, Tim, you know, listening to what you're saying now, I'm sure you're providing great service to those that you serve, your community, your employees, the students, your families, um, because you're, I mean, just, just the way that you're communicating, I'm sure they appreciate that. Um, and I, you know, I just have constantly found myself saying there are so many questions that none of us, none of us have the answer. So it's not like somebody has them and somebody, some people have them, some people don't. I mean, we just simply don't have the answer. So hopefully, as we continue to move through the issues that we'll face that at some point, you know, you'll just, you're, you're going to be so good in the long term because you'll have gone through so much in your first year and, uh, and you would be good anyway, but, um, you know, just built a lot of character for us. So I want to go back to, um, you know, you have participated in our reentry roundtable sessions and you, you said this, Tim, you said, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. I love that, really do. And what advice can you share with your colleagues to involve their teams in planning and decision-making as you think about that quote? Yeah, it's, it's one of my favorite quotes and it's one I keep reflecting on often during this journey and process. For me, my advice would be never stop being a learner. No matter what stage you are in your educational journey, there is always something you can learn from someone else. Through this process, I've benefited more from listening than I have from any of the speaking I've done. And I don't know where I would be uh, or where our district would be today had I not both formal and informal support systems in place throughout this entire process. Uh, locally, our county has 22 remarkable superintendents, all with more experience and knowledge than me. And we've met virtually going on almost 16 weeks now, sometimes for an hour, sometimes upwards of three hours. And it, it started with collaborating on closing the schools, it then transitioned into creative conversations about celebrating significant milestones like graduations and transitions. And now it serves as our support group to discuss challenges of re-entering school in the fall. So uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't think of them and thank them for being a support system for me because they've been instrumental in keeping me focused and a terrific resource to share and discuss ideas with. Because of them, I've never felt alone or on an island. But similarly, uh, I've been fortunate to work on a St. Louis County Department of Health Task Force. And I've learned from pediatric infectious disease specialists, county health officials, so social workers, and some of the most brilliant minds in our area. They've educated me and informed me on plans to ensure that what we do when we return to school competently mm. keeps students and staff safe. And for that learning, uh, it's unbelievable as well. But specifically to the district level, I love and have benefited just from listening and hearing our teacher stories and our district leadership and building leadership's ideas and concerns. And that hasn't always been through face-to-face -face forums or Zooms. Oftentimes it's been through surveys, reading some of their comments on social media, and on rare occasions, the ability to get together in a room and say, hey, here's what I'm thinking. 
tell me what this looks like from your lens. And together, their creativity and their ideas, they've transpired into actual outcomes for us that are all meant for the betterment of our kids. And the, the thing that they bring, Janet, to the table for mm -hmm. me is they see things and think of things that are often outside my lens as a superintendent. Mm -hmm. So as a leader, I would just encourage people to be more open to the thoughts and views of others because collectively we can do so much more than we could ever dare to do independently. I think so. Same thing, Tim. You know, when I'm listening to things and I listen to teacher stories, I find my first instinct is why aren't we listening to them more? I mean, they're, you know, they have great ideas and, you know, and I, and I know you probably are, but I think sometimes we just get lost in not understanding that they want to move forward in the most positive direction and they're in teachers. We've all been there. You know, we're all out for our kids. You know, I mean, you'll, you never forget that feeling of a teacher. And so I just appreciate you recognizing your teachers because I do think teachers have the solutions. Our solutions are usually right in the buildings with us. And that's what I hear you say is you know, that you're really capitalizing on that, Tim. Yeah. And I, I think to be completely honest and transparent, I think I'm capitalizing on it more as each day gets closer and closer to hopefully a return to school. If I had an error or some things I'd like to do differently, looking back, I wish I would have got them involved sooner, but it's just been good dialogue. And, you know, we, we've recently asked them to submit some questions about our reentry plan. And just the questions that they present really gives me a good perspective of where their head is right now yeah. and how I can be more supportive of them. And so I don't really view it as criticism or attacks on leadership, but true wonderings about how they can best educate kids. And by looking through that lens, I think it helps me understand better how I can support them. That's really nice. I know they appreciate it and um, you all will be better for it. So appreciate you doing that. Just a little bit of a, of a different twist here, but kind of in the, in the same area of how we can use what we've learned and know. I know you teach courses, including brain-based education and 21st century curriculum development at Southwest Baptist University. And do you have any tips you can share with people for integrating technology and brain-friendly learning strategies as we try to continue to cope with the uncertainties of COVID? You know, what does that mean in the classrooms? Yeah, well, this is one of my favorite topics, just talking about, you know, brain-based learning in general, whether it's for students or adults. I, I think the first thing it's important for all of our listeners to remember is everyone is dealing with change, uncertainty, and stress right now. And that's activating our amygdala at high levels, which is signaling basically that fear response in so many of us. And so for all of us, our brains are basically saying, hey, it's time to fight, it's time to take flight, or it's time to freeze. And when we're functioning at such high levels of stress, it really makes it difficult for our brains to process information at its very best. And because our amygdala is overactivated right now, it also disengages our prefrontal cortex, which is part of the brain that's responsible for all those executive functioning things like planning, <laughs> organizing, thinking, all the things we need right now as we're trying to think about how to educate kids and support our community. It also transpires into negative thoughts, negative self-talk, and really decreases our positive thinking. So really all the things we really don't want in our school environments or in our day-to-day -day lives are really starting to present itself because of this crisis. You know, one of the best things that I could really encourage people to do first and foremost, continue to lead with empathy. And, and there's kind of an acronym that I learned from someone, and I'm not sure if it was on social media or a blog or a podcast years ago, and the acronym is LEARN. Listen, empathize, apologize, 
resolve to respond, and take the necessary now action. Hmm. And I think what I've learned from that is basically what we need to do is acknowledge how people are feeling, recognize that those feelings and reactions are completely normal, and affirm that there is no normal reaction to any of this. Stress, anxiety, guilt, inability to make decisions or focus, these are all okay reactions to have. It doesn't mean I can necessarily correct you know, the reaction you're having, but it certainly helps to start the conversation by acknowledging it's okay to feel that way. And that's not necessarily a technology-related uh, lesson or trick, but it is really key because we have to remember whether it's students or the faculty and staff we're leading, we're still dealing with people at yes. the core of our business. And so that leading with empathy will go a long way. Now where technology comes in, I think is two different aspects. First, it's all about using technology to maintain social connections. And what I mean by that, as humans, our brains are hardwired for connection. And as you know, Janet, I would contend as educators, maybe we're even more hardwired than other professions. Yeah, I agree, Tim. We, we, we really, you know, as educators, we thrive to connect with our students and our mm -hmm. parents and our communities and our peers. And right now, we're all experiencing a sense of loss because of COVID-19. So it's important to remember that being in isolation does not mean we are isolated from friends and family. So what I would encourage leaders to do is to use technology to engage and connect with others. And quite honestly, the best technology tool I can recommend for that is the old fashioned telephone call. Yeah. <laughs> right. It, it's, it's more personable. You have to be deliberate and set up time to talk to people, which really adds value to them. You yeah. can answer their questions directly on a level you could never do through a survey or a feedback poll or an FAQ list. And it gives them a direct line of access to where they feel like they're not alone in this process. Yeah. And so my advice to leaders is just to signal to your leadership team, your faculty, your board members, that you value their well-being above everything else by prioritizing your relationship with them over the phone. Yeah. For them to hear your voice, to hear the tone of you asking how are things going? How might I help you? It, it'll build human collateral amongst your team like nothing else ever could. Yeah, I think that's, um, you know, as you were talking, I just, I was, I was transferring my thinking to our team as well, you know, so, I mean, part of what we, as you know, Tim, what we do is work with leaders like you and partner in a process. And then, you know, we're also going through those same, some of the same changes, obviously with our own team in different ways. But, you know, like for example, we have, you know, Mary who's connected to our podcast here and helping us with production. Mary's a, Mary's new to our team. We've never all, she's never been in a room with our team before. We hired her in this virtual world. And so, you know, we're having to get to know her in this environment. And although it's, you know, it's great and we have I just long for that day when we can all be in that room together, you know, so that we can connect, because I think you're right, you know, we're, we're people who want to want to remain connected, really appreciate your, your thoughts there and um, some good advice for our listeners. Yeah, Janet, you know, yeah. The, the last tip I would share on that too, is just to really leverage news content for the people that you're serving. Um, I think while for some of us, news content can provide clarity and information, uh, for others right now, it's also increasing stress and anxiety yeah. during the pandemic. Absolutely. Um, especially, you know, if all they've been hearing is about chaos surrounding COVID-19, that's going to increase their, their anxiety about everything yes. going on. And so 
I really try to think about how we can leverage technology, particularly social media, to brand our messages. Yeah, great point. Some of the things we've been trying to do to fill people's timelines, you know, through Twitter and social media like Facebook is to really include a lot more affirmations and celebrations and positivity so that they're seeing that intertwined Mm -hmm. with all the other things that are coming across their feeds. So we've been promoting our new coaching hires with quick social media burst. We've been publishing our regional teacher of the year. We've been creating videos for our retirees and our senior class award winners. And we're just going to continue to look for ways to affirm the great work of our faculty, students, and staff. Love it, Jim. Even in a crisis, there are celebrations, and we just need to be intentional about finding them Mm -hmm. and sharing them. And I learned this a long time ago that affirmation is the greatest currency we have as leaders. It can stimulate positive thoughts. It can build positive workplace culture. And it costs us absolutely nothing to implement. So when you're thinking about how can technology help you, help your employees, really think about how you can leverage it to spread the good news that continues to go on during this COVID-19 crisis. Great advice. I think that's, you, we, can't, we can't recognize um, too much. And there's some outstanding ways, outstanding things being done right now that deserve full recognition. So appreciate, appreciate that twist on technology a little bit. So as we close today, Tim, I know, you know, just hear from uh, our coaches who work with you, your ability to empower people to deliver exceptional results. And I can see why, you know, based on our conversation to date. So what recommendations do you have for effectively implementing change um, or a strategic vision that inspires and aligns individuals across an organization? Yeah, this is really one of my favorite topics to talk about. As a leader, I have always subscribed to the thinking that I'm the least important person in the organization. And if anyone's new out there to any leadership role, I'm sure they're going to hear questions similar to what I was asked. When I was first named superintendent, the number one question people asked was, what's your vision for the district? Yeah. And I said both seriously and somewhat sarcastically that I have no vision. And what I mean by that is my vision is so insignificant and inconsequential to our vision that it really doesn't matter what my vision is. And so what I have found is the more you can include people in the process of visioning, then the more authentic, sustainable, and successful that vision will be. For us this year, that meant surveying our faculty, our students, and our community members And then creating actionable steps off that data, like developing a professional development committee, offering a book study for all of our faculty to reimagine what our district could be, providing bus tours all across the state and as far north as Minnesota to explore how others are educating students to show us what's possible. And then ultimately, it created the birth of our mission, vision, and values committee, which was a diverse group of stakeholders that started to prioritize what are our needs, what do we aspire to be, and how do we plan to get there? And unfortunately, our work is in, in a rain delay because <laughs> yeah. of COVID-19. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but I'm excited to rejuvenate that process in the near future and mm. get us all talking again about what our collective vision is so that we can aggressively align our resources and then systematically pursue it for the betterment of all of our students and ultimately the community we serve. 
and you'll be all the better for it. You know, your vision with what you started and what you've gone through to where you get to come back and you kind of start the playing of that vision again collectively, you all will be better for it in the long run, I'm sure. Tim, thank you so much for just the connection today. I learned a lot from you. Just appreciate what you're doing for your community and what you're doing for your teachers and students and families. I know they appreciate it uh, and it's important, really important work. It's always important work, but I don't know if it's been more important than it is right now. Thank you very much, Tim, for being with us today. Janet, thanks for your time and thanks for the opportunity. I really enjoyed our conversation and I appreciate all the support that Studer provides to me and our school district. Thank you so much. Tim puts people first. He asked us to lead with empathy, to understand that people are going through different emotions in this most difficult time. So when we make connections with others, let's remember what Tim advised us to do. Let's ask someone, how are you doing? And what can I do to be helpful to you? We may change the outlook of their day. As we talked about in the episode, Tim participates in our virtual roundtables, and we wanted to hear more from him on an Accelerate Performance podcast episode. So that's what we did today. So to learn more about our upcoming virtual events, webinars, and roundtables, visit studereducation.com slash events. I hope to see you there. Thank you for tuning in to Accelerate Your Performance. Please share the podcast and make sure you're subscribed. If you're looking for more resources related to today's episode, head over to studereducation.com slash podcast. I look forward to connecting with you next time as we continue to focus on the nine principles for organizational excellence so that we can be our best at work. Have a great week.